Welcome to this episode of the Greater Phoenix Chambers podcast, Let's Talk Business Phoenix, with me, your host, Todd Sanders, President and CEO of the Greater Phoenix Chamber. In each episode, we tackle important issues and subjects affecting our businesses, our community, and the state today. Through relevant, timely topics, this podcast serves as the business community's voice with the mission of championing business growth, identifying problems that restrict economic development, and conveying community leaders to move Phoenix forward. Let's Talk Business Phoenix was produced in partnership with Ideas Collide, an agency offering a full suite of custom marketing solutions for your brand's unique challenges. Make a connection at ideascollide.com. Well, welcome back to the podcast. We are thrilled to have Stella O'Rourke today, who is the Director of Philanthropy and Special Events for the Arizona Coyotes. Stella, welcome. Hi, thank you. What a pleasure to have you. Yes, I'm excited to be here. Well, uh, a lot going on, uh, but, but, you know, I'd love for everyone out there to meet you a little bit. Yeah. Tell us your, what's Stella's story? We can always look at your bio online. I'm sure we can do that, but tell us a little bit about you. Yeah. So um, I'm actually not from Arizona. I moved here in 2010. Um, Wow. Like 13 years ago, which seems crazy. Um, From Louisiana. I graduated from Louisiana State University and um, came to Arizona. Arizona and um, just was looking for a new start. And I thought, well, why not Arizona? It's closer to home. I'm originally from Washington State. And um, so I have just fell in love with Arizona since being here. And, um, you know, it was one of those things where, oh, I'll just move here for grad school and then I'll take off and see where life takes me. And 13 years later, I'm still here. Well, so. we're glad you're here. <laughs> so it wasn't like you had a map and you just threw a dart and hit Phoenix. Correct. You had an intention to come here. Right? Yeah. What a difference. Yeah. Yeah. From from Louisiana. Yeah, absolutely. I wanted to go to one of the top schools in the nation for my undergrad, and I did. And then for my master's, I also wanted the same thing. So I came to ASU and actually got my master's here um, and graduated in 2017. Well, so. I hope you're watching Dr. Crow. Yeah. <laughs> uh, another accolade of yours. Um, so uh, you you obviously went to grad school here and um, and then ended up with the Coyotes. How did mm-hmm. that happen? Yeah, so um, I've been in nonprofit. I have over ten years of experience in nonprofit organizations here in Arizona, and I've absolutely loved the different things that um, you know we're trying to accomplish through the nonprofit sector and all of those um, you know unique niches that the government is like trusting the nonprofit organizations to take care of, like homelessness or you know behavioral mental health or things like that, and I really fell in love with the way that Arizonians care for each other and what the community does to surround each other um, in, you know, care and services and programming. Can we do better? Absolutely. And uh, but it was really cool to be a part of that. And so um, I started out in, um, you know, working direct care and like working directly with the clients and the individuals in need and then worked my way up and through the administrative side and things like that. And so um, the Coyotes was a perfect, uh, you know, opportunity to to do the philanthropic things that I love, um, but through a sports organization, which is another passion of mine. Okay. So you had a love of hockey before you got here? Love of sports. Okay. All right. (laughs) Um, I didn't start loving hockey until I went to my first game and I was like, wow. This was a whole new world for me. I had never thought about hockey in my life. I grew up in a single parent home, all women. Women's hockey wasn't a big thing in our family. And um, so hockey in general just wasn't one of those things. Baseball and football we were, were the ones. My okay. mom was like a – she knew a lot about those two sports. So she taught us knowing those guys. And um, so, yeah, hockey's a new one for me. But as soon as you're in the arena and you see how much love and care and passion is on that island, 
ice and then all the fans like you just can't not love hockey it's Absolutely. it's amazing it's so. it's great well i think we've gotten to know you obviously outside your bio but tell us something that wouldn't be on your bio about you that people don't generally know yeah um wow i think one of the things about me is i just love to provide opportunity for people you know they really say that um when you start to make it whatever that looks like in your life and you start to progress and um things like that that you know you have a duty to help other people you know follow along your path and that's something i'm very passionate about is mentorship leadership but also bringing those next generation of people um behind so providing opportunity for people is something i'm super passionate about mm-hmm. whether it's in the nonprofit field providing services for people who don't have the opportunity to you know have proper housing or safe um, income or things like that. Uh, but I also am super passionate about just helping people in the next wave of whatever they want to um, do and how they feel they can receive success or they can accomplish success. So I'm really passionate about helping the next wave um, because I know I had to do my own path, right? I had to create my own path. I had to create my own success. And I don't think anyone should have to do that alone. So um, something I'm super passionate about. Is that where that comes from? You felt like you had to sort of do it alone? Yeah, yeah. You know, my mom was an amazing person. She was uh, very, very hardworking. She ended up getting her PhD and adopted me at the same time back in the 80s. And um, she was just very busy. She had a lot on her plate at the time and she was graduating and um, and working, you know, a million jobs. And so she really taught me that work ethic that like you have to make it on your own and you just got to kind of try to make it work for yourself if nobody else is going to help you or pave that path for you. So um, that was something that I had to learn at a very young age is that, you know, if nobody's going to pull a seat up at the table for you, you can make your own table. Absolutely. Well, since we're, we're mentioning the Coyotes, I think it seems to go without saying that the Coyotes are, in spite of what, what might have happened, um, are committed to Arizona. Is that, yeah. is that correct? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Um, we're super excited to be playing in the 2023-24 season here at Molin Arena in Tempe. Um, ASU has been so welcoming and loving to us, and we are super grateful of them. And, uh, yeah, we're committed to being here in Arizona. So uh, that's where we are in Next Steps. We're just trying to um, look forward to the next season, and we'll see kind of what happens from there. Well, but what a cool place in the meantime to watch it. Yeah. Watch it. I mean, I've heard that there are teams around the country who've had, that sent folks to watch at that arena because the games are so amazing. Yeah. I mean, you can literally be, I think, level the row, the highest row up is P and you can be like literally feeling like you're on the glass yeah. still. It's it's so cool. Everything is lower bowl. And then when you're in the suites, you're like literally center ice the whole way. It's just awesome. Absolutely. So we'll look forward to that. Um, so I guess when, when people think about not the Coyotes necessarily, but pro sports, the first thing that comes to mind isn't philanthropy. That's yeah. not where they would tr- traditionally go. Why are the Coyotes committed to philanthropy? Yeah. Well, I think all sports teams feel that we have a duty to give back, right? Sports and entertainment, there's millions and hundreds of fans. Sorry. There are hundreds of millions of fans oh, in the so sure. all over the place. Um, and we really are committed to making sure that everybody feels comfortable. And because of that, we also then have a duty to give back to all the amazing people that um, come and support us. So um, the unique part of the Arizona Coyotes Foundation is that we are a 
you know, a thousand percent a part of the organization. It's not a subsidiary or, you know, a different part or branch. We're really an arm of the organization. And we, our duty is to make sure that we are providing services and um, funding to organizations that are, are supporting the biggest needs in our community throughout the entire state of Arizona. So one thing that I think is a misconception about the Coyotes is that we only help the Phoenix, you know, metro area when actually we're the Arizona Coyotes. So we, you know, support the entire state of Arizona, um, down to Pima County, all the way up north. Um, and so we're super excited to be a part of so many needs here in Arizona. And it's our role as part of the foundation to keep a pulse on what's going on in the community. So we don't want to only be supporting organizations that just are here and present, but that are the most important needs in our community, which and is important. I believe I'm correct in saying you're also pretty unique in that you're self-funded. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So we do all of our fundraising ourselves, 100%. So just like any other nonprofit organization, we are looking for donors. Our donors look a little different. They might be in hockey jerseys um, nine times out of 10. But uh, yeah, we really look to our organization. We have also the benefit of like individuals who are coming to our games from out of state as well, that they are actually pouring into this um, city and, um, and that are really helping and support the organizations that we have here locally. So that's a really cool and unique thing that sports has to offer. Absolutely. So clearly there's a lot of need out there and and this isn't just Phoenix or Arizona. This is the whole country. There's, Mm -hmm. there's a lot of need and, and, and probably difficult to choose. How do you determine, um, where your priorities are going to be every any any given year. Yeah. So we really look to our ownership. We look to our executive leadership. And we've gone inside with our board and things like that internally with our internal um, front office staff to decide what are our three pillars that we're really, um, you know, wanting to fund. So those would be health and wellness, education and economic advancement. So those are our three pillars. Our those are big. Bread and butter, right, of the things that we want to support. Um, and then we have a competitive grants program. So we give out, you know, a set of um, hundreds of thousands of dollars each year, which is exciting to local organizations, um, again, statewide, who are meeting those pillars and feeding the need for access to health and wellness, education and economic advancement for underserved and underprivileged individuals in our community. And your ownership's involved in terms of the, the program itself. Do the players ever get involved? Yeah, absolutely. So we have a grant review committee that we um, have and we ask, you know, leadership throughout the community, um, people who want to be passionately involved in this. Um, but then also we look to our board, we look to our hockey development, um, our hockey ops people, which are our team, our players, our wives and girlfriends are really big on um, helping out with that too. And so, yeah, we have a really great opportunity. Um, also, our players already kind of have their you know, favorite organizations that they work with, if you will. So um, we like to involve them in getting like one-on-one time with the organizations, boys and girls clubs, or, um, you know, different organizations that they might love and bringing that and connecting that passion to them um, directly. So they come out to those organizations, they hang out with the kids or, you know, with any individuals that they're passionate about. It's really cool. Well, it is is amazing when you see them on the community um, and the impact that they can make by, by being involved. Yeah. So um, I want to switch gears a little bit because you, I think when you talk about your uh, philosophy of service, uh, well, you also live that. Mm-hmm. Uh, part of that is with an organization within the Greater Phoenix Chamber called the the Valley Young Professionals. Mm-hmm. Um, you have been 
a such a strong force within that group. Maybe talk a little bit about that group and why it's important to you. Yeah, absolutely. So the Valley Young Professionals is a group that the Greater Phoenix Chamber um, just actually recently in the last few years started. And it's been an incredible organization um, and, and part of the chamber. There's so many benefits of being a member. Um, but it's a program that is for um, individuals 25 to 39. They, um, you know, a lot of the individuals we're seeing are people who are transient, who come to Arizona want to meet people for the first time. Um, they are looking for professional development or skills, networking, experiences that they can kind of hold on to as they're continuing on. And that's a unique group of individuals. Um, and I'm part of that group, uh, the age group, which is exciting, although aging out pretty quickly here. Um, and so, you know, that's a, such a um, transient group where we're looking to grow in our careers and then also start families and things like that. So there's a plethora, an array of different services and programs that these individuals are looking for. And it's our um, job as the Valley Young Professionals to look for programs and events and things like that, opportunities for those individuals to really hold on to um, the different things that they're going to be learning, to hold on to those relationships they're going to be um, receiving or meeting, those things like that. So we really work towards connecting people together um, to help the the betterment of the, the, the organization or I'm sorry, the uh, state really. Well, and it is, it is, uh, I think highly impactful. And I think your, your comment about being around for, for a short amount of time, it was because it was reinvented uh, by a group of people who really wanted to be intentional like yourself. Yeah. And I think that's a part of the secret sauce. Now I will say we were, we had lunch with some of my team today and someone mentioned a show from the seventies called the Rockford House. Some of you at a certain age will remember that you might not know it. I got a lot of blank stares. Yeah. Kids were like, well, what is this about now? I heard that one. You get a lot of that when you mention a chamber to us, to us, to a certain age group. And I think part of the the, the value of this organization is to show um, people um, in uh, other age groups that, look, there's a place for you here. Mm -hmm. There's a place to get back and there's a place to belong. And, yeah. I, and I think that's a really important element of this group. Yeah, absolutely. It's really a connector. This board has been one of my favorite to serve on. Um, you know, you are with like-minded um, individuals who may have different backgrounds and different passions and diversities and things like that. But the end goal is to be the primary, um, you know, young professionals group in the, you know, in the state. And um, I confidently can say that we are one of those, right? That people look to us to really help them as they're either learning or transitioning or whatever it is um, in their lives. And that's the really cool, unique opportunity that we have as VIP members and as the board to really be able to provide those opportunities for people. And they stay and they want to be here. And that's the whole purpose of the VIP is to bring quality people to the state of Arizona to help it grow. And we do that by, you know, creating those great programs and services and um, opportunities. And um, we're really lucky to be able to do that. Well, I am always proud because probably two or three times a year, I'll get a call from a colleague in another state that has heard about oh, yeah. the success of our program because they can't get theirs going. Mm. And and they always they always ask me what I did. What did I do differently? What did I build? And, and the answer is nothing. <laughs> it's the right people. Yeah. It absolutely. was the right people who are going to be intentional and really have a drive for doing this right. And, yeah. and, and I, that's the secret sauce. Yeah. And I tell them they can't have you guys <laughs> um, because it really works. Yeah, absolutely. We do a lot of planning 
planning and, you know, um, debate about what are the programs and services we want to bring to our young professionals and what are they looking for? And we survey and we, you know, we meet new people and we hold on to them and we want to continue to bring them back year after year so that they are also bringing in those next uh, young professional wave and see like how can we continue to grow and grow and grow and and we have and it's been incredible well and speaking of the the, the group itself I mean, you're the incoming chair yeah <laughs> so and, and more more uh more accolades for you for for taking on Thank that you. role what, what are some of the initiatives that you're thinking about for the next year yeah so um, one of the things I really want to focus on is retention so we have great individuals that come through while we are a transient age range um, I want people to feel welcome the second that they come to an event um, or you know the second that they meet somebody that everybody comes um, is talked to that the board really is intentional and in reaching out to every single member uh, that we're doing good follow-up and that we're bringing people back that we have quality programs and services that we're providing um, and that we are um, intentional intentional about what we're doing to help these individuals that we're not giving programs um, or offering programs that people don't really care about or aren't interested in, that we're really making sure that we're helping these individuals with whatever it is that they're wanting in the next step, networking or, you know, professional development or whatever connector we can be to them. So that's my first step is just retention, making sure that the first time that a person comes, that they will continue to want to come back. Well, it's so um, important because when you come to something like that and you've never met anybody, you, yeah. you feel uncomfortable oh, so and it's hard. Yeah, right? it's intimidating for sure. And yeah. I'm, you know, I'm by nature a shy person. Yeah. And it's hard for me. I don't like it. So to have someone wow. there, it makes you feel better. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. A welcoming face, yeah. um, somebody that you can remember from the next time. And then you're more likely to bring your friends too or to come with your colleagues or, you know, open the door up to others. But that second that you don't feel comfortable or excited to be um, – engaged you you get kind of like oh i don't i'm not going to do that and um our board is committed to making sure that never happens absolutely well one of the things that one of the changes we made when the group reinvented itself is we took the leaders of of that of the board of, because the value professionals has a board and we actually gave them seats on on the chamber board yeah um and these aren't junior seats these are full voting seats and i will tell you that from my perspective I like to pat myself on the back because we're bringing different perspectives into the discussion yeah. um, and active participation mm -hmm. into the discussion. Yeah, absolutely. One of the one of my absolute favorite and Todd did not pay me to say this, by the way, um, <laughs> events that we do as board members is to come to your the we call it the big board retreat. Mm -hmm. And um, one year I just remember is my first year ever going. And I just remember and I can't remember the person, but they came up to us a few people actually and said, thanks for speaking up in our meeting or in our retreat. Like we weren't expecting that. And you brought great ideas and great insight. And we love this. And you could tell it was genuine. But also it was, you know, something that you could see the the larger board really needed and wanted. And so it makes us feel good as board members to know that, you know, there's another step after this that we can continue to give to the Greater Phoenix Chamber and to the Greater Phoenix area by continuing to be a member of the larger board or um, meet new individuals on that board to help us continue to, to thrive, which is yeah. a unique opportunity, I think. What I like about that, we did, we had our retreat this year, just a couple of weeks ago in the 
the BYP board, uh, they don't sit on the side or in the yeah. back. They come and sit in the front and they show up <laughs> yeah. and, and, and participate, which, which says everything. Yeah, right. Um, and that, and the idea that you're, you do have a place here. Yeah, absolutely. It's so important. And thank you for allowing us to do that. I think, you know, if other states and cities are looking for that, that's the first advice I would give them is invite your young people, the ones that are committed to your organizations or your chambers to, to come and be involved more at just the level of the VYP and within their, you know, communities, but to be engaged throughout the entire chamber. I mean, that is something unique with this Greater Phoenix Chamber that we get to be involved in the foundation and all of the initiatives that you guys do, which is incredible. Well, I thank you for mentioning the foundation. Yeah. Uh, Jen Meller will be very pleased. <laughs> part of the part of the foundation's work is work in our high school system mm-hmm. through the Elevate Ed program. We're in 13 high schools now, going to 20. Um, you made an investment in that program. Why? What 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 sort of drew you to that particular program? Yeah. Well, I was doing a little research and I noticed that a lot of the kiddos that were on the other end of that um, were a lot like me. They looked like me. They were, you know, minority students. They may have come from a single parent background. They may have to try to make their own path and f- create their own way. And that was me in high school, right? Like I had to also find the same way. And there weren't a lot of programs and services for me when I was growing up that, you know, we didn't have people coming into our high school and saying, hey, you know, here's a, a a path or here's, you know, a way or here's my card, like reach out to me later. And so to be able to do that and go into classroom settings and even just do like mock interviewing to give some ideas on, hey, here's how you can continue to better and advance is incredibly invaluable. And um, I just felt like I wanted to pay that forward and be able to help those individuals, uh, those young kids that, you know, wouldn't have had anybody coming into their classroom, not only that could give them that, you know, excitement and um, the value in their professional experience, but also that look like me. That was incredibly important to me. And um, so I just wanted to be that kind of same person for for somebody. You never know who you're going to, you know, really hit when you when you talk to them. And so I know for me, that would have been really impactful. Well, we were honored uh, to have that support. So thank thank you. you. Uh, you know, thinking about that, that, that boy or that girl that, 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 you know, doesn't know if they belong, Mm -hmm. um, but are thinking they might want to do something like what you do Mm -hmm. and work for perhaps a professional sports team in in some capacity. What would you tell them? What would be your advice? Oh, yeah. Um, I think just try, do as much as you can to find out what you like and find out what you don't like. And, Try to say yes or take a, um, you know, a chance on yourself. If something feels like, oh, this isn't really something I'm interested in. I don't think I want to do that. Try it anyway. See who you meet. See what kind of experience you have. And you'll know immediately, do you like this or you don't? But then you can kind of check that off your list and then keep going and try, you know, different things. And I think that's where I... I never thought of a, of a position in sports that can do what I love in the service, you know, realm and give me that excitement of being in sports and entertainment until I was really in that position. Then I was like, wow. This is so cool. And I was in philanthropy, like, you know, working with individuals and families experiencing homelessness or children with behavioral mental health needs or, you know, um, girls leadership and things like that. Like, I really wasn't 
thinking sports at all and then happened to try this position and I was like there's no way that they're gonna want me and the position called for somebody with my exact experience which was incredible and so I think if you take it take a chance on yourself and you just keep trying things even if you're not sure about them you will land in places that you couldn't even imagine possible for yourself. So that would be my biggest advice. Well, kudos to you for putting yourself out there, yeah. <laughs> for coming to Arizona, and I, and kudos to to the Coyotes for seeing you, yeah, and yeah. and knowing that they had someone who could really add a lot uh, to what they want to do here, not not just on the ice, yeah, uh, but off the ice. And it seems like the that that effort is is substantial. Yeah, thank you. They definitely don't want me on the ice for sure. <laughs> Well, I want to thank you for for joining us today. You've been so generous, not only here, but also with uh, with the chamber and the foundation. Uh, as we wrap up, we're going to do a, a quick lightning round. I promise okay. it's easy. Okay. Don't worry. All right. So we're going to go first job. And it doesn't have to be like even a paid job. Just what was your first job? Oh, my mom always had me volunteering for her. So <laughs> what was that? I was like, can you organize these papers? And my mom was a microbiologist. And I was like, I don't know what this paper is. Like, but sure. So, or like stack, you know, the highlighters with the same colors or silly things like that. So I worked for my mom at the very beginning. What did you learn? Oh, that organization is key. You know, that you really need to stay organized. And, um, and that's how you can, I guess, just continue to succeed. Is just if you have all of your ducks in a row, um, but that was a yeah, that's an interesting life lesson because at, at the time I was like, I'm just sorting papers like this is silly. What did you learn about microbiology? Anything? Did you retain anything? <laughs> no. Well, no. And I didn't go into sciences or math <laughs> or anything like that since. But um, I did learn, you know, a lot about like prion diseases and like, you know, so when COVID happened, I'd be like, Mom, what, what, what can I expect? What am I supposed to do here? So that was good. Just, yeah. Was and nice. you also learned what you didn't want to do. Yeah. Which is so important. That's why we do uh, all the work on internships. Yeah. You might go to what your dream internship you think it is. Yeah. And you might find out, no, no, I don't, I don't want to do that at all. I want yeah. to do something else. Yeah, absolutely. And my second job was working at a grocery store, pushing carts in the oh. snow. So I don't know which one was better really one was inside and one was outside but yeah well i mean i i pushing carts here in the summer has some i can imagine oh, very I can't difficult even believe it. but the snow too i yeah those two are tough those wheels don't turn i don't know yeah, what we're doing with that's that true. and here you have to wear evan mitts to push the yeah. car so and watch out for people wanting to run you over yeah uh, for that parking space in the front yeah Tough. Um, okay. And so now I know that you're in an amazing job that you love, but what would be like your dream job? Oh, um, maybe consulting of some kind. Um, just like continuing to help people in some way. I don't know what kind of consulting job though. Um, I always thought it would be kind of fun to work for myself maybe one day. Hey, that's, you couldn't find a better boss, right? <laughs> well, I don't know about okay, that. Okay, well, but. we won't go there. <laughs> um, okay, and then final question, yeah. and I'm assuming you're going to ace this, favorite Coyote player. Oh, so if you're talking favorite Pocky player, like from the Coyotes time. of all time, yeah. Shane Doan, okay. 1000%. Yeah. He is the most selfless, incredible leader. He is our captain, as we say. Yeah. He's the only captain. Um, and he truly is still, even to this day, years after he's been off the ice and he teaches his kids, his son, Josh, plays at ASU and mm -hmm. he's the same. Like he's instilling that in literally everybody he meets, but especially in his kiddos and, and the next um, round of, of professional professional players. So if we're talking all time favorite, it's Shane. Well, thank you obviously for spending some time with us today, but also for the incredible work you do with the Chamber of the Foundation and 
in the community with with the coyotes. Yes, thank you so much for having me. This has been awesome. All right.